lions, badgers, eagles, and snakes. Welcome to Potterology, a Harry Potter biography podcast where I tell you everything you've ever wondered about your favorite Harry Potter characters. My name is Mackenzie, and I'll be your host. Today we're going to be covering the life and times of the man himself, Harry Potter. I figured since this is the very first episode, I'd start off with the main character. These first few episodes about Harry will go into detail about his life through the series, so if you don't know much about Harry Potter, stick around because I'll be pretty much telling you a detailed synopsis of the books here in the first few episodes. Each episode will be divided into three different parts of the character's life. Before Hogwarts, during Hogwarts, and after Hogwarts. There are so many stories and so much untapped lore in the wizarding world, and I will attempt to cover it all to the best of my abilities. So without further ado, let's explore the life of the boy who lived, Harry Potter. This boy will be famous. There won't be a child in our world who doesn't know his name. Exactly. He's far better off growing up away from all of that. Until he is ready. Harry James Potter was born on July 31st, 1980 to Lily and James Potter. Harry's birth occurred during the First Wizarding War and was overshadowed by a prophecy. The prophecy determined that a boy born at the end of July 1980 was destined to vanquish the Dark Lord. Unfortunately, Lord Voldemort chose Harry as his ultimate nemesis. In an effort to nip the prophecy in the bud, Voldemort murdered Lily and James Potter and attempted to murder the one-year-old boy himself. However, he was unsuccessful. Harry survived the attack due to the power of his parents' sacrifice. He was struck with the killing curse, a curse that had never left a single survivor up until then, and survived with only a lightning-shaped scar on his forehead, forever branding him as the boy who lived. When Voldemort fired off the killing curse, it rebounded on him, causing him to seemingly disappear from the wizarding world, effectively ending the first wizarding war, as well as making Harry a war hero as an infant. The supposed disappearance of Voldemort was cause for global celebration, with a collective sigh of relief being shared among witches and wizards alike, along with great speculation as to how an infant was able to bring down the most powerful dark wizard of all time. Though it seemed everybody was celebrating the end of a war, unfortunately for Harry, this meant the beginning of a truly sad childhood. After the murder of his parents, Harry was picked up on a flying motorbike by Hagrid the groundskeeper at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Special plans were put in place for the newly orphaned baby, and Professors Dumbledore and McGonagall met Hagrid and baby Harry at Number 4 Privet Drive. Due to the power of his mother's sacrifice, Harry was sent to live with his mother's only living blood relative, his Aunt Petunia. Professor Dumbledore created a protective charm called the Bond of Blood Charm. This charm ensured protection for Harry in that the only way he could have a safe childhood was with a member of his mother's family due to the power of her love and sacrifice. This protective charm would only be in place until Harry became an adult or until he no longer called the Dursleys' house a home. Aunt Petunia and her husband Vernon Dursley had a very strained relationship with Harry's parents and in turn an intense hatred for the wizarding world and everything that had to do with magic. Therefore, when Harry was left at the Dursleys' doorstep in 1981, Professor McGonagall expressed concern for the kind of childhood Harry would have. However, Professor Dumbledore insisted that this was the only way. Growing up at Number 4 Privet Drive was not an ideal childhood by any means. Until his 11th birthday, Harry was forced to sleep in the cupboard under the Dursleys' staircase. He was constantly beaten up and harassed by his cousin Dudley at home and at school. 
He was virtually forgotten about, with no evidence in the house of him even living there. But the worst part of all of this is the fact that Harry grew up never knowing who he was or the truth of how his parents were killed. The number one rule at the Dursley house was don't ask questions. So Harry went most of his childhood believing that his parents had died in a car accident, which is also how he got the lightning-shaped scar on his forehead. The ultimate goal of the Dursleys was to stifle and oppress Harry in the hopes that this would prevent him from exhibiting any signs of magic. However, their efforts quickly proved to be in vain. The first sign of magical ability came when Aunt Petunia became frustrated with how long Harry's hair had gotten. So she shaved his whole head, only to be shocked when he'd grown back all his hair by the next morning. Another incident came when Dudley and his friends chased Harry at school, and Harry somehow ended up on the roof without knowing how he got there. Harry also accidentally turned a teacher's wig blue and shrunk clothing that he didn't want to be forced to wear. By the time he turned 10, Harry was the spitting image of his parents, with his dad's knobby knees and untidy black hair, and his mother's striking bright green eyes. He wore circular glasses that were broken in the middle and held by tape after Dudley's repeated beatings. All his clothes were hand-me-downs from his much larger cousin, and it seemed like this kid didn't have a chance in the world, until the summer of 1991, when his life abruptly changed. On a trip to the London Zoo for Dudley's 11th birthday, Harry discovered that he has the ability to talk to snakes. At the python enclosure, Dudley got bored with the fact that the python wasn't doing anything, and Harry began to apologize to it, causing the python to acknowledge him directly and speak back to him. This was obviously shocking for Harry. Strange things had happened before, but nothing like this. Upon seeing the python interacting with Harry, Dudley rushed back to the enclosure, pushing Harry to the ground. Suddenly, as Dudley leaned on the glass of the enclosure, the glass vanished, causing Harry to fall into the enclosure with the python. The python took this as an opportunity to escape and slithered out of its enclosure, saying, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, amigo. Not everybody was too happy with Harry after that incident. A soaked and terrified Dudley was consoled by his parents, while Harry was fully blamed for the incident and locked away in his cupboard for an unknown amount of time. What happened? I swear I don't know! One minute the glass was there and then it was gone! It was like magic! There's no such thing as magic. Soon after, mysterious letters addressed to Harry James Potter, number 4 Privet Drive, the cupboard under the stairs, began appearing at the Dursley's house. Uncle Vernon tried to stop the flood of letters in several creative ways, but all of his efforts were in vain. One day after ignoring the letters for months, the Dursleys were terrified as a giant swarm of letters came through their fireplace and flooded the entire house. Giving up on avoiding the mysterious letters, Aunt Petunia and Uncle Vernon decided to take a pretty drastic approach in my opinion, packing up the family and leaving for a remote cabin in the middle of the sea. In the midst of a giant storm, with lightning crashing and tall waves smashing into the cabin, Hagrid arrived just after midnight. After breaking the door down to the cabin, Hagrid came upon the terrified Dursley family. Uncle Vernon attempted to threaten Hagrid with a gun, but was thwarted when the half-giant bent the shotgun in half. Hagrid then began to speak to Harry directly, finally revealing to him the truth of who he is. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? A wizard! And a thumping good and I'd wager, once you trade up a little. After receiving his Hogwarts letter from Hagrid, Harry decided to leave the Dursleys and head off into the wizarding world. 
Hagrid and Harry ventured into London to prepare the newly established young wizard for his life at Hogwarts. With a school supply list that named several magical items, including a cauldron, robes, and a wand, Harry was understandably confused as to where they could find these things in London. Hagrid then took him to an unmarked establishment called the Leaky Cauldron, which serves as a sort of passage between the non-magical world and the magical world. The Leaky Cauldron was the place where Harry got his first real shock coming into the wizarding world, and that was learning of his fame. Flamboyant people in colorful robes approached to shake his hand, knowing him by name and praising him for reasons unbeknownst to him. One person who approached him was his nervous, stuttering Defense Against the Dark Arts professor, Professor Quirrell, who withdrew his hand after Harry reached out to shake it. After this somewhat awkward meeting, Hagrid dragged a very confused Harry through the leaky cauldron to a brick wall on the other side of the building. At the brick wall, Hagrid tapped certain bricks with his umbrella. The pattern he tapped against the bricks served as a key, which caused the bricks to slowly separate, revealing a small slice of the new world that just opened to Harry. Welcome, Harry. When the bricks separated, they unveiled a secret wizarding shopping center. Harry's mouth was wide open through the entire streets as he took in shops with names such as Ollivander's Wand Shop, The Magical Menagerie, and Madame Malkin's Robes for All Occasions. Witches and wizards, young and old, in robes of every color of the rainbow, rushed in and out of shops, and it was a bustling part of the world that Harry had never dreamed of from his cupboard under the stairs. The first destination for Harry and Hagrid at Diagon Alley was, of course, the bank. Gringotts Wizarding Bank is a place of great mystery and also a place of great power and security. The first destination for Harry and Hagrid at Diagon Alley was, of course, the bank. Gringotts Wizarding Bank is a place of great mystery and also a place of great power and security. While at the bank, Harry and Hagrid visit two vaults, the first belonging to Harry himself. It's here that Harry discovers that his parents left him a large sum of money before they died and he gets to withdraw his first bit of Wizarding World currency in galleons, sickles, and canuts. The second vault they visit is a mysterious one, containing a small lump in a bag that Hagrid takes and tells Harry not to say anything about. He then takes Harry to be fitted for his school uniform at Madame Malkin's robes for all occasions, and in the store he encounters a snobby, unlikable boy of the same age named Draco Malfoy. Malfoy talks super highly of old established wizarding families, which makes Harry feel kind of nervous about his own place in the wizarding world. After buying all of Harry's required school supplies, he's only left needing a wand. Hagrid then points him in the direction of Ollivander's wand shop, telling Harry to go on and head inside while he goes to pick something up. Mr. Ollivander has Harry try out several different wand choices, and all the trials are disastrous. It's only when Ollivander has Harry try out a wand with a phoenix feather core that he finds a match. Ollivander then explains to Harry the significance of the wand that chose him. I remember every wand I've ever sold, Mr. Potter. It so happens that the phoenix, whose tail feather resides in your wand, gave another feather. Just one other. It is curious that you should be destined for this wand when its brother gave you that scar. And who owns that wand? We do not speak his name. After getting his wand from Ollivander, Hagrid appears with a beautiful snowy owl as a present for Harry. 
Harry understandably feels a sort of familial connection to Hagrid by this point, so he asks Hagrid to tell him exactly what happened to his parents. Hagrid tells him of his parents' murder, the Dark Lord, the war, and explains everything about why Harry's so famous in the wizarding world, pretty much answering every major question he ever had about his life to this point. 